Emergency services. Please, you gotta help me. There's this weird guy. Ma'am. Please. Ma'am, call us when you're dead. What the fuck? Welcome back, callers, to another episode of Call Us When You're Dead. I'm Keith. And I'm Ryan. And on today's episode, we are covering the case of Jane Dorotic. But before we get into that, what is new with you, Ryan? The usual, you know, a whole lot of nothing. How about you? Uh, okay, so yesterday I sent you an article that Florida has decided that, well, if you don't like something, you can just act like they don't exist. And then they're just gone. Um, <laughs> and then my grandma told me that Ford is trying to implement a new, like, sensor on cars that if you have a lease on your car or, like, a mortgage on your car and you're making payments, that if you miss a payment, that the car will just decide, hey, I'm done being here and will either drive itself to be picked up or if it decides it's not the right, like, a good enough value that it will drive itself to the local, like, junkyard. And I'm just like, so the car just decides, hey, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> right. I, I still think that is just so wrong that any car dealerships do that. I want to say Tesla does something like that. See, my biggest problem with that, with that whole thing was, what if you made that payment that day of, and now all of a sudden it doesn't get communicated correctly? Or are you just going to go out to get into your car and your car is like... Yeah, I don't want to do it today. Bye. Right. And processing times and holidays, because we've had that before where we made a payment on something, but then they're calling and calling. Oh, you got to pay us. You got to pay us. It's like, we did pay you. We paid you last week. And it just didn't show up yet because it was a holiday. Right. And there was, yeah, it's just. So then what? Would we lose our car? (laughs) Probably. But (laughs) thankfully, our car is not fitted with this technology. It's not driving away anytime soon. Right. Thank goodness. You know who else is not driving away anytime soon? Ooh, who? That was our, a good transition. I know. Our callers. Our callers. Well, at least I hope they're not driving away anytime soon. <laughs> we have Andrea B. We have Kitso D. And Talia B. Thank you guys so much for being callers. We would not know how to do this without you. Even if you are driving, you're not driving away from us. <laughs> right, right. So, with that being said, let's get into episode one of our sixth season. Right. But before you get into that, we do need to preface by saying we are very sorry this episode is coming out so late today. We had originally recorded this. This is now our third time recording this. We had recorded it during the storm that happened, number one, and didn't realize that there was some issues with that audio because of the storm. So we went back and we re-recorded, but that file was corrupt. So now we had to wait until after I was out of work at 2.30 to then get home, get dinner done, and now re-record. So, yes, it is coming out really late, but it's still going to be a Wednesday release. Exactly. So, we are staying true to our word. We are staying true to our word. So, with that being said, Ryan, why don't you get us started? Alrighty. So, as usual, for our season openers, this episode may have some hiccups along the way as we get into the groove of how these episodes will play out. However, as we do, we will do our best to make it seem as if it's all natural. Like, like my body type. <laughs> exactly. So, if you recall from last week's episode, this season is called... Guilty or Innocent. 
And how it's going to work out is we are going to give you the facts of the case, like we usually do, but the actual story of the case will be shorter than normal compared to the trial time portion. And the trial time portion will be a majority of it because that's where a bulk of the details will actually be. Right. So we're just kind of flip-flopping it this time around. Yeah. And then for the trial time, how it will be different is I will take the quote-unquote role of the prosecution and emphasize why Jane is guilty, even if I truly agree or not. And Keith is going to take the role of, quote-unquote, the role of the defense and shed some light on why Jane is innocent. Again, even if he does not believe she is or isn't actually innocent. After all that, Ryan and myself will give our opinion on the case. After hearing the details of how we really feel, then Ryan will tell us what actually happened to Jane. So, are we all caught up? Yeah, I feel like we are going into some new territory here for ourselves. Yes, we are. And I'm excited to do this for the third time in a row. Uh, And I'm going to kind of save my own spoilers until the end. (laughs) Well, that's good. We don't like spoilers. Right, no no spoilers. (laughs) So, with all that being said, let's fire up that trusty old time machine for the first time in Season 6. And head back to February 13th. 2000 and get into this wild case. Please keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the time machine at all times. Call us when you're dead. Cannot be responsible for any lost limbs. Here, we are going to meet Jane Dorotek. She, at the time, was 53 years old and married to her husband, Robert, of 30 years. Together, they had three children. 30 years is a long time. That means that they got together when she was 23. Yeah, and got married. And she said, I do, I do, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jane was a successful businesswoman as an executive in the healthcare field who had a six-figure income. Damn, Mm. she was balling. Make that money, honey. Make it, make it rain. Robert worked as an engineer, but wasn't as prosperous as Jane at the time they rented out an 18-acre horse farm in California. When Jane wasn't working, she and their daughter, Claire, boarded and trained horses on their property. 18 acres, that means you are making hell of money. Yeah, she made quite quite the bankroll. Mm-hmm. She was making it just, she wasn't making it trickle, that's for sure. <laughs> she was making it downpour. Downpour them dollar bills, y'all. Not to mention, she also had, she's boarding and training horses, so that means other people are coming to her to be like, hey, here's my horse. Yeah. horse. Well, I believe just... A little bit out of the research. I think the boarding and training horses was more of a primarily Claire's thing. Okay. But Jane and Claire shared that passion of horses, and that's what made them click. How you got to be so smart to be like, I'm going to train me a horse today. Right. Horses are stubborn. I mean, yeah, I feel like it would have to take a lot of patience. You know all I Which, can think of, though? What? That video that we watched where the horse is just like... Oh my gosh. And the person was like, oh, horse farts. <laughs> and it was just making little toots with little every gallop. Toots as it went. Oh, goodness. Over the past few years, Jane's and Robert's marriage went through some rough patches. All marriages do. Right. And they actually ended up separating for a while. Oh, not all marriages do that. <laughs> However, they had reconciled by 2000 and were living again together. Mm. We're living together again. Oh, oh, okay. I just flipped those words you because did. I can. You did, and you threw me there. <laughs> a 
callers, we're sure you're asking yourself, well, where's the crime? Right. It's not a crime to be married and then... Then say, hey, I don't want to be around you for a hot minute because you're driving me insane. Right. Well, that is going to bring us to the afternoon of February 13th, 2000. Robert went for a jog as he was an avid participant in various marathons. See, me and Robert are just not the same person. No. I'm not going on a marathon. No. Maybe a marathon of chips to my mouth. Oh, that's that's my kind of party. Mm -hmm. Or pizza rolls. Nom, 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 nom. After a few hours had gone by and he had not returned yet, Jane grew concerned. Oh, it sounds like a very caring wife. Just like any wife would. Yeah. In fact, she was so concerned that she called the police and reported him missing. Oh, okay. Well, that seems reasonable. That's I'm a smart thing to do. I'm still not hearing the crime. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Well, the following morning, Robert's body was found several miles away. Oh, okay. So there's the crime. Beaten and strangled to death. Yeah. Yep, that's the crime. There's the crime. With most cases that involve mysterious deaths of a married couple, the spouse is always looked at first. True story. I know that you wrote usually, but they are always looked at they, first. Yes, they are always as looked they at should first. Be. <laughs> this time was no different. Investigators believe that there was ev- enough evidence to char- charge Jane with his murder. So she was arrested on February 16th, 2000. Real quick, he went missing on the 14th? 13th. 13th. So they said in a three-day period they had enough evidence to arrest her? That is correct. Yeah, they they had enough evidence. Okay, well, you, Mr. Prosecutioner, <laughs> are going to have to start us off with this trial time, because I don't think that three days is just enough time to get that type of evidence. Well, allow me... To change your mind on that, then. I don't think you will, but hey, go ahead. Alright, so, let's take a look at the evidence supporting her guilt. Okay, at the crime scene, where Robert's body was found, there was multiple sets of tire tracks. However, one of those sets of tire tracks matched Jane's truck exactly. Okay, but I have to ask, is his body found in a place that she would have normally drove? It was found several miles away. Okay. I don't know specifically where the details are. So not somewhere where she would have normally been. Correct. Okay. All right. Number two. When searching the couple's home, it turned out there was an astonishing amount of blood in the master bedroom that somebody had tried to clean up. That's one for you. (laughs) Winning. All right. Well, keep going then. Number three. Both Jane and Robert's son sons, would testify that the couple would constantly fight over the financials. Robert felt that too much money was being spent on the horses and their care. Uh, I mean, anybody could argue anything, and I'm gonna have to kind of go with maybe some hearsay on that, because you may think that they're arguing about something, but you don't really know. Is it an actual argument, or are they just having the same discussion that they've had a million times? Okay, well, that's fair. That's fair. This one was more so showing the fight over the financials. Right, right. So, that will bring me to number four. When they were separated for that brief amount of time, Robert had filed the paperwork to get officially divorced. Since Jane made way more money than Robert, he was going to get spousal alimony. 
okay, but now I have to fight back with that and say, but they didn't actually get divorced. So it's they, hard. They didn't actually file for it. Right. But had Robert actually gone through with it. Right. She was looking at about having to pay $40,000. Oh, yeah. See, a year. People have murdered for less. We know that for a fact. Yes, we have. So, what did you think of those four points for the prosecution, for my team? Okay, so I have to give just at least two points to you. Number one, that the her truck tire is matching. Okay, it's not really a point, but I'm going to give it half a point. Half a point. For the tire tracks that match Jane's truck. And this is why. It's only a half a point and not a full point. All right, all right. Because just because they match doesn't mean it's the same truck. Okay. Because everybody could have those same tires doesn't mean it came from her car. That's that's a fair point. Okay. But you do get a full point for the blood in the master bedroom. All right. That is a lot of like evidence to say, oh, there's a lot of blood here, and you didn't give me a reason as to who else's blood it could be. Or tell me that there was, you know, some kind of accident and she, you know, an animal got hurt, something like that. Because I know that they raised horses there. What what you doing with a horse in that master no, bedroom? That, I like, think maybe she got I, hurt. I think we covered some dumb laws in our Minnesota about horses in master <laughs> yes, bedrooms. We have. Um, but I'm saying like maybe one of the horses got hurt and she was covered in like horse blood. Oh, Jesus. Right. I'm not saying that it would have been a great thing to happen. You know, or maybe she got flung from a horse and she was really hurt. Her horse just spontaneously combusted next to her and she got blasted with all sorts of horse blood. I feel like that needs a trigger (laughs) warning, too. Um, No, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not being told that it was his blood. Okay, okay. But the blood being there really does... I have to give that to you. I kind of want to take a point away, however, like a half a point away, for Jane and Robert's son saying, well, they would fight over financials. Are you guys always there? Like, you don't know what led up to that fight. They could have been having a bad day with each other and just finally had it out. Okay, okay. And then I'm going to give you the other half a point for why she could have possibly done this at the very end. Which is, it was cheaper to murder him than it was to allow him to divorce her. That is a true story. That's some damn good motive right there. So, right now you're setting it at even two points out of a possible four. (laughs) All right, all right. Now, let's take a look at the evidence supporting her innocence. Okay, so coming to Jane's defense, at number one, Jane loved her husband. Yes, their marriage had some rough patches. But who hasn't after 30 years of marriage? At the time of the murder, Jane believed her marriage had never been better. Okay, okay. The defense's job is to cast reasonable doubt in just one jury member's mind to get their client acquitted. So they provided another suspect. The person who had motive was 25-year-old Claire Dorotic, the couple's only daughter. (gasps) Bum, bum, bum. Illumination. Which brings us to point number two. Claire lived at the same residence as Jane and Robert, so she could have just as easily caused that bloody mess in the master bedroom and attempted to clean it up. Then, for our third point, Claire had a rough relationship with Robert. 
she was constantly worried that Robert would take away her horses. And for our final point, nobody on the investigation team took the time to confirm Claire's alibi the day of the murder. Plus, while Claire was on the stand, she exercised her constitutional right to plead the fifth to all questions to avoid self-incrimination. So like you asked me, how do you feel about each one of my points? Well, give it a point system. Okay, I'll give it a point. So your defense sucks. No, I'm kidding. Ha ha. I was like, my defense sucks. I feel like that's a better defense than what your prosecution. All right. Well, this is my issue with number one. Jane loved her husband. Yes, you know, marriage had the rough patches. Right. But Jane believed her marriage had never been better. Well, of course you're going to want to say that because you don't want to be charged with his murder. Okay, so I get no points for that one. I don't think so. Okay. And then when when it comes to the reasonable doubt, okay, I can give you some points. Okay. So what what did you give me for the bloody mess? A half a point? I gave you a half a point, but I only gave a half a point because they never tell me whose blood it is. Okay, well, well that's fair enough. I would assume it's Robert's. I mean, I would assume too, but <laughs> nobody said, hey, this is Robert's blood. Okay, well, we're going to go with this Robert's blood. Okay. I'm still giving half a point. <laughs> so, it's very fair since Claire lived at the same residence that she could have done something terrible to the to Robert. Right. And made a mess, but just as much as Jane could have. Right. So, I'll call that a wash. You're not even going to give me a half a point for it? Well, yeah, I'll give you a half a point. Okay. And then as far as Claire had a rough relationship with Robert, I mean, to say that she was scared that Robert was going to take away her horses, I don't know if that's really a strong enough means for murder versus potential... Spousal support. Spousal support. Okay, but what about my last one? That, I think, speaks in and of itself... Right, so that's the big one for me. I'm actually going to say I would give you two points on that. Okay. One for the fact that nobody checked into Claire's alibi. Isn't that your job, investigators? That is your job. yeah. Like, come on now. And then two, exercising, it, it's your constitutional right. Okay, Fifth Amendment, it's there. But it makes you look guilty as fuck. It makes you look so guilty. Pleading the Fifth makes it so you don't have to answer questions to avoid self-incrimination. If you're not guilty, there shouldn't be any self-incrimination. Right. So that is red flags all over. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings us to where we stand on this. I, after this, I don't think that Jane did it. I do, however, believe that Claire did. And this is my reason why. If Jane were going to have to pay for a divorce and pay for... The, the spousal support, that would possibly mean that Jane, who gets so much enjoyment out of her horses and boarding them and training them, may have that taken away from her. And I'm not trying to say that maybe she was entitled or maybe she's spoiled. Absolutely. Okay, but I'm going to throw this number out at you just so you can have it more in perspective of the spousal support. Yeah. The spousal support was going to be for 40% of her income. Right. Okay. See, so that's what I'm saying. If that income is taken, guess who doesn't have her horses anymore? Exactly. Guess who doesn't have her acres of land anymore? Yep. Yep. Claire. I think Jane would have been a okay with it. She would have re, she's successful. She is 
kind of comes across to me as that woman that she can just kind of do it no matter what, and she would have done it. I don't think Claire would have known how to, because she grew up in that lifestyle of everything's given to me. Yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. And now Robert is a threat. And who are you going to take care of when they've threatened you? The person that's threatening you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she could have taken her mom's car without her mom knowing. That's true. You know what I mean? And then hit him. Because Jane is willing to testify, hey, I never did any of this. But Claire isn't. Right, right. Wouldn't you want to go exonerate your mom and say, my mom never did any of this? You would think. So that, to me, tells me Claire is the guilty party and Jane is not. How do you feel about it? Okay, so for me personally, I am kind of on the same path as you. Okay. If I were on this jury, I would be able to see out of the seven jury members. Or Or 12. 12, It just depends on how many. Wherever. However many jury members there are. It's always an odd number, I want to say. Well, 12 is an even number. Okay, so it would have been 13 or 7. Relevance. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there would be enough reasonable doubt to make one of them at least question it. And if I was on that jury, I think I would question it to oh, the yeah, point I think to I would have say up so many red flags, right? And to the point to say that Jane could have done it, but she could not have done it as well. And then to say Claire could have done it, and that she may not have. And you know, the fact is that she, Robert could have been going for his jog and then got mugged. Like who right. knows? <laughs> yeah, it's just so hard to say. Oh, she absolutely did this. And not feel like, well, did she absolutely do this? Right. And with a criminal trial, it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Right. And I don't think this case has the beyond a reasonable doubt. Me either. Okay, so we've we've talked about it as if we were a jury at this point. We both have decided, like, no, we would not have voted Jane guilty. Correct. She would have been acquitted. She would have been acquitted, at least by our standards. Yes, by our standards and opinions. Right. So, with that said, what was the actual outcome of this case? So, yeah, the jury had a lot of information to consider. You know, as we discussed as our points back and forth. Yeah. However, after a four-day deliberation, they managed to reach a verdict, which means there was going to be no mistrial. See, I just, I have such a hard time with that when there's so many, so many questions and you're not, you're not supposed to have questions. Right. Because when it comes to a murder trial, that's supposed to be like, here we go. Yep. That defeats the reasonable doubt. Right. So they found Jane guilty of first degree murder and she was sentenced to 25 years to life. What bullshit is that? Right. Please tell me she's still not sitting behind bars. Did they catch Claire? I hope they <laughs> caught Claire. They they did not catch Claire. Fuck. But I do have an update. Okay, give me these updates. In 2019, so what, four years ago? Yes. Thanks to the advancement of DNA testing, new evidence as a result of the testing, and the coronavirus, Jane was released from prison on bail pending a retrial. Did it say what the DNA said? Was it not his blood in the bathroom? They tested the DNA under his... He had skin under his fingerprint, under his fingernails, and it was not Jane's. Was it Claire's? They did not say. Oh, I feel like it was was Claire's. So, then in May of 2022, so less than a year ago, as the new trial date was approaching, 
prosecution decided to drop the case, and she is now a free woman. Okay, so I have another question. Did Claire die from COVID? Was there any more information about her? No. Okay, because that now makes me wonder, if they found Claire's DNA underneath his nails, and Claire died from COVID, and so they had to drop the case because she was dead. I mean, it's a very good possibility. Or if the person that they were going to prosecute, like they found out who it was and found that that person had died from COVID, which I'm in a bit of a sidebar here. I'm very curious how many cases are going to end up being dropped by the prosecution for things because DNA evidence came out, but that person died from COVID. It's a possibility. Uh, I think the coronavirus mentioned in here is just more so of they're trying to cut back on the overpopulation. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I 100% agree with that. I'm just saying, in general, I wonder if we'll see cases like that in the future of, hey, we cut, we, we couldn't prosecute because that person had died from COVID. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what I mean? And I wonder if that's something that was going to happen with this case. And then all of a sudden, they couldn't prosecute because of that. I mean, very good possibility. So, Jane ended up serving um, almost 20 years in jail. Oh, 20, 20. Gosh, I thought yeah. I, I looked at it and I thought it said 2009. <laughs> so, I felt I feel like, oh man, that sucks. She had to do 20 years because I don't think she had to have done a single day. To I don't be think honest. she should have either. But thankfully, that advancement in DNA testing was able to get her out of jail. I kind of want to go back. I wish we could interview some of these uh, jury members and say, hey, what? What happened that made you believe Jane was absolutely guilty of this crime? I mean, I totally agree with you. I mean, their prosecute the prosecuting attorney or the DA must have put on one hell, hell of, of a, a show. show. Holy cow. Yeah, because the moment somebody comes up and says, I'm not saying a word, that's the moment I go, oh, you are guilty of something. Right. And that's that's kind of the thing with pleading the fifth. If you get called as a witness and you answer questions and then when once they get to the hard questions and you plead the fifth all your other answers that you gave go away right are now negated now i understand that they tell the jury like you can't listen to that but it's already out there it's already been said right so when anybody ever pleads the fifth they always go with it right away typically they don't ever wait to do it because you just don't ever want to have any answer out right but if my mom was on trial for something and I knew she didn't do it, I'm not taking the fifth. I am singing like a freaking mockingbird. Well, in this case, it would you wouldn't take the fifth and you'd defend your mom, but that's because you're the one who did it. Okay, mom, I'm sorry, but if I did it... Well, I think that was Claire's thing, because if she wanted right. to, went on the stand, that means... The prosecutors would be able to interrogate oh, yeah. her. Absolutely. And that's- and at that point, it's like, okay, so plead the fifth and hope, wish my mom good luck, or well, that's the thing they're going to come after me, and I'm going to go to jail for the rest of my life. Yeah, the prosecution wouldn't have interrogated her, though. It would have been the defense. And then the defense would have been able to say, oh, look, she's really the one that did this. Right, right. Yes, I misspoke. I'm sorry. Um, You know, and so... God, this was such a good case. I'm glad that Jane is out. I hope she is living a very happy life. Jane, I don't think you did it. No. I think you were a victim of, I don't want to say circumstance. What? That doesn't sound right. At the same time, I think Jane knows Claire did it, 
But at the same time, you she, think she took the rap for her daughter. I think she took the rap for her daughter. Oh, don't ever love your baby that much. <laughs> don't never, ever, ever love your child so much you were willing to go away for that long. Right, right. Or Unless maybe you know you're dying of something and you're <laughs> like, I've only got a few years left. But then again, maybe Jane believed her lawyers with saying, We'll be able to convince we'll be able at to least get you one off. member. Yeah, and I think that may have been what it was. Jane does not strike me as the type of woman that's going to back down. No. You know, and at least not easily. So, Jane, not saying maybe run your daughter over with your car. <laughs> sounds like she knows how to hit other people. Right. So, there we have it. There is our season six opener of Guilty or Innocent. I'm so excited for these. We are definitely going to have to keep this numbering system going. So, how, how do you feel it turned out? Was this first case satisfactory? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. And callers, let us know, was this first case satisfactory? Would you like to see some changes? Right, if there's something that you don't like, or if there's something that you do like, this numbering system, though, it might stay around for a while. <laughs> As always, though, like we always stress here at the podcast, you are always in charge of your own mental health. So if you or anybody that you know is suffering from a mental health crisis or suicidal thoughts, please call 988. And if you like the show, remember to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen. Don't forget to follow us on the socials, facebook.com slash callusdead. Follow us on the TikTok at callusdead, where you can see some fun videos of us, or better yet, Jakaris the cat, Emma and Regina, the baby sugar gliders, or of course, Lola and baby, the doggies. You just said Lola and baby. Ah, baby. Crotch Goblin. <laughs> Crotch Goblin. Or email us at callusdead at yahoo.com. And you can tell us what you thought about the case. Ask questions, suggest some quite some just cases. Shut up. Suggest some cases or just to say hi. Also, if any of you callers would like us to give a shout out or a message to someone you know, or le- some quases. Or so- <laughs> let us know. But until then, remember to stay strong. Do everything with love. No, there is always hope. And if you forget, you can always call us when you're dead. dead.